the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Love never inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. There are millions of people who are trapped in modern-day slavery. Take a stand to do something against this injustice. Join the fight against human trafficking. If you truly set love, set the captives each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. Now, here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. Thanks, Dave, and welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with a very talented, I would say, business person and artist, Mm -hmm. right, coming together here. But before we introduce her, I want to say hi to my partner in justice, Ms. Vanita Hopkins. Hello, Vanessa, and hello, listening audience. Yeah, so it's been a couple weeks. Yes. You had a family reunion. You had some fun stuff going on. Family reunion to come had had a class reunion. Oh, class reunion. Yes. Oh, okay, that's right. That's right. All right. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Oh, cool. So we, uh, you know, speaking of those special moments and capturing those special mm. moments, right? Yes. Um, we have a, a very gifted young lady that is uh, on the show today. Her name is Erin Ashford, and she actually is... Um, a uh, she is a a person that has done documentaries and art um, fairs and e- events that showcase art in the form of photography. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I don't know that that clearly captures what you do. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to see um, it was one of your displays at Before Our Very Eyes, and it was a beautiful display. and And I'll you know I'll just share a little bit about. Uh, you, you know, your your background, Aaron, but I see here your statement is you strive to produce truthful and candid moments in photos of unguarded people and genuine events. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super honored um, to talk about this really important issue. Yes. Yeah, so um, so you did the photography for the displays at Before Our Very Eyes and um, and it was um, just really beautiful work. Uh, and uh, but I understand, uh, you know, that you are really um, passionate about just taking sort of uh, pictures of, of things that are happening just in everyday life, um, you know, candid photos. Right. And um, and so tell me what uh, what what led you to that interest and how did you get started in photography? And then I'd love to know about how did you get started in applying photography to the fight against human trafficking? It's a, such a really great, great question um, because it's, 
how does anyone get involved in the things that they end up doing later on in life? And I think that um, early on, I my aunt gave me a camera at 17, and middle child, you know, growing up in a household that was very chaotic, and you realize that your voice, your your verbal voice, is not heard, but through the camera, I was able to see for my, with my own eyes um, just these revelations a little bit between two people, whatever my subject was at the time. It was, you know, when you're young, it's all your friends, whoever you're surrounded by. And um, so that camera kind of gave me my own voice, one that I didn't need to project. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to be a loud person. Um, similar to maybe the lifestyle I was brought up in, in my childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so so you, you it, it sounds like, I, at least what I hear, is that the photo has become your voice. Yeah, definitely. Well, and nowadays what's interesting is um, I'm, I've been writing for about three years solid with a writing group. And so I'm developing that skill as well, which I think is just equally as important. Yeah. So so it's kind of interesting. I was talking with a um, a woman that's in uh, where is she Kansas. She's doing uh, this. She's in the fight against human trafficking in Kansas, and um, she her husband is a photographer and he's an artist. And we were talking about ways that we could um, engage survivors in therapeutic work. Um. And how we could incorporate photography and art or she could incorporate photography and art. And I told her about another project that another woman we'd had on our show was contemplating with video. But, um, you know, the thought came up for me about uh, giving survivors cameras so that they can take pictures of things around them that um, and, and write a little excerpt about what that makes them feel or think or a memory that comes up. And does that resonate with you? Is that something that you do? I love that you brought that up um, because this is such an important community-based participatory research. Um, uh, It's a qualitative method that is used in psychology, actually. Hmm. Um, It's so um, succinct with photography because from one person's perspective, even though, you know, my training is in documentary photography, and the point of documentary photography is to reflect your subject. It's not really about me. It's about mm. the person that's in front of my camera. And mm. you try to be as truthful as possible in that framework. But what is very um, something that you can't remove is it still is coming from me. Mm-hmm. The, the photo, I'm still making that photo. I'm still cropping the photo a certain way. Mm-hmm. And with photo voice, which it's an implemented, you know, they implement this in research all the time. Um, and it's such a beautiful thing. We were doing it in Detroit, um, in other countries like Kenya, um, India actually mm-hmm. did a documentary about photo voice and mm-hmm. um kind of uh, uh, incorporating that into the community. And what it allows you to see is with focus strategy, of course, because you you need to empower uh, the community and and kind of take this grassroots approach. So you'll give the camera to a select group, and it's up to you to kind of choose what is the important story to tell here? What do you want to learn about this community? And so you give 
the cameras, um, and usually they're just point-and-shoot cameras, your little fun saver cameras that we used to use in the 80s and 90s, um, but they still have them. Mm-hmm. What that allows people to do is take the camera, see that there's either 24 or 36 mm-hmm. exposures on them. You give them a specific assignment, like as simple as photograph what you love. Mm. Yeah. Something very simple. Just mm-hmm. Don't make it too complex. And then you give them the camera for a certain amount of time, whatever you think is a good amount of time. And they cannot see the photos because it's film. Mm-hmm. And then you collect the cameras at the end, make sure to write their names on it at the end, and then you process those. And then you print out all the photos and you show them in the order that they were captured. Mm. And you learn something so beautiful Mm -hmm. because that is that one person's vision. And just like me uh, as being that one vision, it's nice to see a collective vision. Yes, absolutely. And I love one thing that I I noticed. This is just... I love taking pictures. I'm like a picture freak. She is a uh, monster. Yeah. You're a monster. <laughs> and, and, but, you know, with phone. And one of the things that we can do, uh, you know, this whole personalization, use of iPhones, personal devices and social media is a lot of it is about um, looking at the picture and saying, oh, how do I look in that? Or how does this person look in that? And it's more about that. Than it is about capturing, uh, you know, a moment, even mm-hmm. in all of its flaws. Yeah. yeah. You know, even when the colors don't quite look right. Mm. Yeah. And so the fact that you commit it to f- to film and not mm-hmm. to a digital camera is kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what would what would what would Facebook look like without digital? Wow. <laughs> with just with just film. Right. Right. You know, this conversation is really interesting. I don't know if you're familiar with, I know you are, Vanessa, um, Aaron, the documentary Born into Brothels. And you mentioned, you you mentioned India and that's, that's what they did with the children there Mm -hmm. um, in India who born in the brothels, you know, to Mm -hmm. victims of trafficking and other things and formed a movie. And it was a great movie to see what the child at their level, what the child saw. Yeah. 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 And there's a lot of different perspectives on that, right? There's, there's, you, you, once you see the documentary, you realize that all of the children interpret that in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And there can't, you can't really, um, it's so hard to, to think that even if a child is given opportunities that depending on their certain situation, right, they might not be ready. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's kind of it's coming into the the understanding that even if you were to give, you know, opportunities to certain children or or, or people or families, um, depending on whatever context they're in at that point, they're you know, they have to be ready to and, and Oh, I just found that that so compelling yes. to learn that about that documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're yeah. going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we're I'd love to kind of explore different uh, um, different photographic projects that you're aware of that you admire and why, and uh, and then uh, and then talk a little bit about where you see photography sitting in the fight against human trafficking. So let's come back and thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. 
Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Erin Ashford, who is a photographer, an artist, a, a professional leader in the community that is uh, bringing light, bringing vision, bringing words even through photography uh, to the fight against human trafficking. And we were just talking about empowering survivors, children, um, telling a story by way of photography and video. And um, I was wondering, so during the break, uh, at the break, I mentioned, um, you know, what what inspires you? What projects, what f- photographic projects have inspired you, Aaron? And and then, you know, and then what, what do you see happening next as it relates to the use of photography uh, to fight against human trafficking? Well, what's some of the work I've been looking at lately, um, I'm super inspired by Kendrick Lamar, um, oh. not only for music, which is a lesson. For oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also his imagery. Oh, yeah. It's oh, my gosh. You know, it's it's so so. Uh, so I'm I grew up on hip hop like all the way. And um, and as, as you I don't know if you know this, but. You know, I'm a Christian, and so I I try to stay away from a music that has profanity and you know derogatory lyrics and things like that. But I have to say, Kendrick Lamar of all the artists that I've listened to, and I listen to a lot of them because I want to know what my kids are listening to or being exposed to. Um, and actually, I'll sit down, and my kids are really annoyed by this, but. Uh, I sit down and I'm like, okay, so, so let's play that song. Do you have on your headphones and let's look at it? And and I'm like, okay, did you, did you hear what he just said? Or did you hear what the way he was talking? Do you hear you know you hear what the theme is about? And they're like, man, you're messing this up for me. <laughs> this was so fun. But going back to Kendrick Lamar, his videos, his uh, his perspective, his words, so powerful and real. You know, like, it's going to be all right. That song, I mean, just, wow. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm starting to tear up because um, there's a, a YouTube video of him visiting a school, and they're all singing it together. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh. I love that so It's an anthem, you yeah. know? It's an anthem. Yes, it is. And it's so important for all of us to... Be so aware, just be present in the imagery that we are seeing right now and what's happening in politics. It's um, it's just an awakening mm-hmm. and it's up to us individually. Like it's really up to mm-hmm. us individually to realize that um, artists are putting things out in this space that's a, that's a level playing field. Mm-hmm. Artists get this space to... They have a very important responsibility to put stuff out there. Well, at least I feel this responsibility. Not all artists feel this. Right. But um, I feel a responsibility to put things out there that not only are current, but are maybe responding to what's happening mm-hmm. currently. Yeah. yeah. And that's so historical. That, but. Right. And, it, and that's historical, right? Um, typically, that's what music or the arts do. They respond to what's happening around them mm-hmm. and, you know, um, share in the message or bring light to a message. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting when I think about culture too, you know, like music has 
been used to reflect the a culture, reflect the society and and um, and to tell the story from the people's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and Im- you know, use of video, use of imagery as, and now integrated into audible. Right. Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and and. and and it's just very interesting to me. Interesting to me, especially in the U.S. For one example that just jumped off the page to me is yesterday I was watching this show called "Embarrassing Bodies." It's a it's a Netflix um, mm-hmm. uh, series, and uh, I was just intrigued by it because it talked about it, it was a bunch of uh, doctors that were willing to meet people in the U. I think it was in the U.K. somewhere in Europe. They're willing to meet people in a plaza. And give them a free evaluation of some embarrassing condition that they had. Mm. And so people have, you know, these strange rashes or different growths on their body and things like that. And what occurred to me, and these are folks from uh, Europe that were uh, participating, is they would show certain body parts that in the Americas would be sexualized and sensualized to the nth degree. Mm -hmm. Like literally we're looking at a, a person's bottom, like inside it mm-hmm. in uh, in this show mm-hmm. at a growth that was growing. And it would there was nothing like sexual about it. It was very clinical. Mm-hmm. And she yeah. she looked and she's like, oh, you have this growth. It's a skin tag. It's nothing cancerous. It's fine. And I just thought like culturally in Europe, mm-hmm. there's a whole nother sort of something I can't even explain what it is, but I know that if that same video had been shot in the U.S., it would have been like, oh, and her this and her, you know, and and it just would have been very negative, very derogatory, very much um, objectifying this woman's bottom. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, wow, that's like. That's the way we are. We 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 see things through this lens. Mm -hmm. And I wish we. How do we change that? Products of our environment. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, obje- it's, it's objectifying someone. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's important in bringing that up with based on human trafficking mm-hmm. because it's objectifying. And then I feel like the objectification comes first. It's almost like when you mm-hmm. get cat called on the street or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens first. And, and for someone to be in the, in the mindset that, yeah, that's okay that I'm doing that. I'm, I'm giving her a compliment. Well, take that and then also take what if they're catcalling someone and someone picks up that that person's really vulnerable Mm. or that that person's, you know, they can sense that that person's not handling it well. And I feel like that's where human trafficking comes in is people are um, really uh, taking advantage of that vulnerability and that kind of objectification, taking those two things paired together. And, and then working that angle. Yeah. Like, are you willing to notice that someone is beautiful, but then take the next step to notice whether they are receptive to you telling them? Yeah. Right. Like, oh, like, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Like, fill them out. Like, get, you know, if, if, if you're if you want to flirt with somebody, see if they give you eye contact. Mm-hmm. See if they're even open to you going there. Mm hmm. Or are you going to yell down from a, you know, from a, a building, you know, you, great such and such. Uh, and especially if you're referring to body parts or whatever, you're whistling and there's a million other people whistling. I, I don't know very many women 
that want 10 men whistling at them at the same time. So it's a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. Are you thinking about the person that you are engaging with? And it's our societal mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Like when that woman was showing her bottom, she literally was like stressed out. She's like, I have this thing in my bottom and it's I'm. I'm afraid to tell anybody, to show anybody. And she was, you know, like scared. And then the lady looked at it and she she pulled on it. And for me, as an American, I was like, this is so weird. Like I was freaking out. But then after it was done, she's like, oh, no, this is just, you know, she just like it was like nothing. And she's like, oh, she felt so much relief. And she's like, I can go on with my life. And I was just thinking, wow, that would never be accepted that would be she would be we'd get some mileage off of that (laughs) to be done openly in public you mean uh no we would you know america like an american film crew Mm -hmm. and and a talk track would be like the woman with the tail and Mm -hmm. uh, you know they would they would since the you know miss kitty's coming Mm -hmm. and do you know what i mean they would and and they would uh, add in other things yeah. about, you know, her bottom that right. were inappropriate and just to make it uh, interesting right. and cr- gotcha. a source of gossip right. and a source of objectifying of someone who is hurting. Right. Because in, in our minds and our mindset, that is more view, brings in more viewers. Yeah. It sells. You know, it sells. Yeah. Do you find, so, so Aaron, I'd love to get your take on, you know, as a photographer and an artist, Stay true to your art form mm. and your beliefs. And, 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 and do you ever find, uh, feel pressured to sell out? So when we come mm. back, we'll hear more from Aaron. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today with Erin Ashford, who is an artist, photographer, uh, a woman who is fighting against human trafficking with her gifts and talents. And I was asking you, Erin, you know, how you stay true to your art form. Um, you said in your uh, bio that you you're you strive to produce truthful and candid moments and your challenge is to document sensitive scenes and not and and important moments without the presence of your camera changing them uh and 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 capturing those image images with a an honesty and trust and developing a solid relationship with your clients how do you do how do you stay truthful and candid well one way a good practice um, just in life is is to be present with whoever you're with. Hmm. That is the, that is the at least for me that is what I find is the most um, not only compassionate but the most honest way to to be. As as long as you're listening to what the person in front of you is saying and you're understanding what they're saying and you're active listening, um, you will. For me, I feel like that's what helps me create honest images or images that not only I like, but images that the person who sees them afterward likes too. Um, it kind of creates this safe space for me to um, 
kind of bring that camera out, which not always I do. I, I feel like the majority of the documentary projects I've done, which most of them are still, I've never made a film documentary. Um, I, my practice and training is in still documentary. And I think that that's why I've kind of opened my wheelhouse to doing more writing. Um, so that kind of gives you a little bit of space uh, to put the camera down and just have a conversation with someone. And actually, that's what Jill and I did. Um, Jill is a human trafficking survivor that we've been working for the last two years, one-on-one, kind of just basically talking about her story. And through imagery, we're working through her story by recreating some of the scenes um, that she is kind of trying to reclaim. She wants mm. part of her life back mm-hmm. that was taken away from her. Yep. Jill's our friend. Woo woo. Shout out to Jill. Hi, Jill. Out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. We She's love you, Jill. Awesome. Yes. So real. I love mm-hmm. her. Um, and so here you kind of get in lane with kind of observing someone in their natural mode. And then you come back to them and say, hey, this is what I did. This is what I this is what I saw. Does this resonate with you? Is that kind of your process? No, actually, um, we what well specifically, I'll talk about what Jill and I did since this is the story. Um, we, she came over uh, to my studio, and we talked for probably like three hours about um, what was important to her. Uh, we had met originally uh, a couple years ago. Um, I heard her speak at a script reading in Redwood City for a film on human trafficking that was created by Tony Gapastione. Yeah, um, Tony, yay. Yeah, we were introduced by Tony, and we had an instant kind of natural connection. And at the time, I was not working on any documentaries, um, and I was recently moved to Redwood City. And I was interested in taking on a project that was more intimate, Um, in terms of just not only subject matter, but also um, feeling like this human trafficking um, I had found out was such a a problem in the Bay Area that once I met Jill, after knowing about human trafficking in the Bay Area, I felt a responsibility to tell this story, to tell her story. Hmm. And so... So And so she kind of gave you an outline on how she wanted her story told? No, not at all. We we both figured it out together. Okay. um, Through uh, talking, through, uh, I asked her, I basically prompted her with some questions like, you know, what are you thinking about right now? Um, You know, what, what's been coming up for you recently? So basically tackling the things that are the most current in you uh, will create work that is the most genuine because you realize that, that that her particularly, she is dealing with these on a regular basis, whether it's through bad dreams or a thought will come back that she forgot that she, that she had that memory, mm-hmm. things that come up throughout. And so when things came up for her, that's when we would go after them through photography, mm. sound. Hmm. So almost like a therapeutic mm-hmm. thing. Very therapeutic. Interesting. I think I, I remember another woman, um, uh, and I don't know if she wants me to say her name, but another woman uh, survivor did that where she went to the different places where she had been violated mm-hmm. 
throughout uh, the community. And I th- I want to say she took pictures or she wrote poems or she did something like that and uh, and was able to reflect and pray over almost like a prayer walk. She might. And, and then there was some some media that she mm-hmm. built into it. Um, and she ended up making a book out of that. And that was like her her healing process. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds kind of similar in that, you know, this this going to these places, you know, either physically or in pictures, um, you know, to to draw upon the emotions that need to be looked at. I love that. Yeah, I would love to um, hear. I would love to see that book. If you if you happen to remember, please let me know. I would I would love to check that out since it's. Um, so similar. Okay, yeah, I, 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 um, I actually have a copy of it, so I just need to ask her if it's okay to share. Actually, she's anonymous in the book, so um, she she doesn't really want her name shared, but she wants her story to 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 help others. So I will I will dig up that book and get it over to you. Um, okay. And yeah, very very beautiful some of the poetry that she did, and so I love this idea. Uh, and so, is this the first time that you had done something like that with Jill? With Jill specifically, yeah, I hadn't done something like that with her, but um, I've been doing a still documentary for a very long time. Um, I would say that it's it's the thing that I'm most interested in, um, in terms of, you know, learning, taking kind of like, uh, it seems like a small community, right? I think that in most people's minds, a lot of people don't know about uh, how bad human trafficking is in the Bay Area. They just, because it happens... When you when you're not seeing, it happens at night. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens when a lot of people, uh, or it happens while you're sleeping. Yeah, it happens. You, you know, yeah. most people just don't don't know it's happening. So they're very skeptical when they hear about it at first, and that's a little bit what I feel like my responsibility is is to just let people know how common it really is mm-hmm. and how to learn a little bit more about it. Yeah. So, so the one thing about photography that I'm always challenged with, and as I've told you, I love to take photos. Um, I just, it just, just love seeing them and looking at them again and again later and reflecting on that emotion at that time. And, and, um, yet when we are taking photos of, you know, things going on in the street or, times when we've done street outreach or even p- pictures with survivors that we're working with, we can't publish a lot of those because mm-hmm. of the confidentiality issues. How do you, you know, how do you make sense of that? You know, obviously when you're going out, you don't always know who you're taking pictures of, but um, how do you reconcile that? Well, specifically with human trafficking, um, I haven't put, I, I put one image on my website of Jill, only one, and it's just a portrait of her, and it's the one that's the most recognizable in terms of who has I've um, who has seen it. Um, I am very careful with my imagery. I don't. I almost don't put any of my documentary projects on my website at all because it's the wrong context. Mm. People that go to my website are looking to hire me for something. Those aren't the people that I necessarily need mm-hmm. to show these. They're not graphic images, but they're meaningful images. Mm-hmm. And so I choose very wisely the spaces that I show these images. So with human, with specifically with Jill, 
um, the two places I've showed this work and I printed it out and I, and I displayed the work. So there, and, and I stood by it so I could talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, the two places I did that was at, um, the one in San Mateo, there's a San Mateo, uh, the fair fair. that happened in San Mateo, San Mateo County fair. Yep. And that happened this year and there was a big booth and there were lots of people to talk about it. So there was, you know, yeah. Before our very eyes. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, before our very eyes. And then another place I showed it was um, there was an exhibition uh, in Redwood City at the San Mateo County Museum called Peep. And it mm-hmm. was on the square. Yeah. With our friend, and yeah, Dr. Uh, Jonathan Fung. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, John Fung, yeah. yeah. He showed um, just, you know, and I love that that work also transcended to, mm-hmm. like, the Super Bowl. Right, right where it was really important to show. Um, yeah, so I showed there. I showed those two places. And then other than that, I did a few speaking um, engagements to talk about the work a little bit, but I'm, I'm pretty protective. So I, I, uh, to get to answer your question a little bit more, um, I think that I it's different with each project. Um, yeah. I did, yeah. 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 So, you know, so, so we're going to come back, and, and I think each of the projects that you're, you've done – um, have been respectfully done. I think I, you know, I thought that there was a lot of artistry and and honoring of the, you know, those that were represented that were survivors. So um, that's that's goodness. And I love Jonathan's work as well. So, but when we come back, I want to talk some more about other projects that you, you know, you envision that could make an even greater impact as you move forward in the fight against human trafficking. And we'll be right back. And thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. And uh, we were just kind of touching on Erin uh, Ashford and her uh, work that she's done in the Bay Area with Jonathan Fung and with Pastor Tony over at uh, Before Our Very Eyes. BCC. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, Batsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, great work. And so and just think, and Jill as well. And, and so just thinking some about... Um, you know, future projects. You know, I, 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 we were just reflecting during the break on a couple of documentaries. Finding Neen mm-hmm. is one that's amazing. Uh, Dream Catchers. Um, those are on net. Both of those are on Netflix. Um, really great um, uh, documentaries uh, on, you know, told from the perspective of a survivor leader uh, who is now going in to work with students. And uh, I think, um, uh, Dreamcatcher, she's working in Chicago, and Neen, I think, is in, is in New Mar- York. In Maryland. Maryland, okay. Um, and um, them's my people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, those two women are just um, really inspirational to me. Um, you know, so, sort of like our Bay Area heroes, um, uh, Nola and mm-hmm. and uh, and um, Sarai and Regina, and just do you know out yeah. there. Um, taking a stance and and also serving those that are coming behind. So woo woo to our survivor leaders out there, um, and then the documentaries right that are going on. Um, Sh- Sherry Schuster mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Cyan. Um, yes. 
She just is got married, so I don't know. Taylor? Is it Taylor? Um, so they, they both have these amazing yeah. pieces of work that they're doing. So there's a lot going on in the way of creating documentaries that right. give give wind and give yes. give voice to what's happening. Do you have anything on the horizon, Erin? Uh, or, or where do you see this going? Well, two things I just wanted to kind of toss in to wrap it all up um, from my perspective is, that similar to a photographer like Gordon Parks, who mm-hmm. his imagery is showing up now in the Kendrick Lamar videos. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about making work in the moment that is reflecting on this conflict or, you know, things that local communities are experiencing um, and how that can be something that lives on those images that Gordon Parks created, like American Gothic, mm-hmm. those are living on because those issues are still current. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I think about these projects with human trafficking um, and bringing more awareness to the fore, it's, it's really important to know that while you're creating that imagery in the moment, that is just as important right in that moment, right then and there, how you're creating it, how, what your approach is is so important to to the end result in terms of it maybe living on or those images being shown again or just being respectful to your subject mm-hmm. yes. um, in a way that they deserve that. Mm-hmm. They, they've been through enough and they deserve their story to be told. I totally um, agree. Yeah. So, I mean, that's exciting. You know, one of the things that has troubled me uh, just – really, really bothering me. And I have one young lady in particular that has, it's just brought it really clear to me. Um, And it's happening not just with trafficking survivors, but um, many people are being killed by the police or by others because of mental illness. Mm. And, Mm. um, and I think that it's um, something that it's really hard to take this topic because Mm -hmm. here you have somebody who oftentimes is a person of color. um, And so they don't and I living in poverty. So they Mm -hmm. maybe haven't had the level of advocacy for their disability that they needed throughout their life. Um, And um, and so you that's like kind of the building block. And then you have enters in some influence of let's say drugs and alcohol enters in you know the some human trafficking or some some um exploitation of some kind um and you you have this person who's now you know I have a young person that I've been working with for the last 5 years that has a um a very serious mental illness and is also developmentally disabled and she has been so poorly treated and there's no housing for her. There's no there's and and mostly because she can become violent. Um, she's she's not even able to receive day programming. Mm-hmm. And so what do you do about that? Do you just let her rot away on the side of the road? And it's I mean, it's something that I've asked in my prayers. I've I've asked every clinician, every attorney, every medical uh, facility. Believe me, I've asked. I've asked San Mateo and uh, Oakland and Hayward and Alameda County and Sacramento County. And I've looked high and low to try and find her uh, some resources. And it's it's virtually impossible to get her the help. And so... I think that we have a whole just huge population of people that are struggling with a mental illness 
and being preyed upon because of it. And we're, there's just this level of hopelessness that's just set in. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. Do I, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it really eats at the soul in this way that is, um, it's just heartbreaking, especially, you know, if you, if you are in that community, you live in that community and you see that person, you see them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the most humane thing to do is to respond to that person. Um, if you can, you know, say hello, you know, ask how they're doing. I mean, you have your life and stuff too, and she's having hers, but in that way to make someone feel a little bit more human, I think that just that interaction day to day is is when you see that person is helpful for their spirit. Um, You know what I'm saying? Just like, that's a little bit that everyone can do, Mm -hmm. even if, you know, you can't take on the bigger problem of what resources are out there for her. Um, like the Bay Area mental health resources. I mean, there's so much out there, though. But then it also feels like she doesn't um, she doesn't qualify, mm-hmm. like you're saying. She she may have outbursts because of her mental illness, and that puts her at risk and keeps her from getting these services, which is so unfortunate. Yeah, um, and you can't force so people still- either. I mean, like, that's one other. I had another young lady who was developmentally disabled, and she's being exploited. She's an adult. She's being mm-hmm. exploited by this guy, and she's developmentally dis- disabled. Like mentally, she's about twelve, and mm-hmm. she he was very. It's very easy for him to manipulate her and tell her, mm-hmm. you know, you need to come home, you need to leave that place, and you need to get over here. And then she would be sold and beaten. And then once she was beaten, um, she would she would run from him and say. You know, he's beating me and we'd be like, yes, honey, you know, come, come on, let's, let's help. Let's get you going. Let's get you uh, safe. And then after yeah. she was well for maybe two days or so, she'd be like, uh, you know, that trauma bond would mm-hmm. kick in and she'd want to go back. And it's mm. when you don't have the cognitive ability to make those kind of decisions, then it's like, okay, well, what do we do? Do we have her committed or do we, you know... Well- like, do her parents have her committed or what do we do? And then what does that mean? You being committed? Like, are you can even if you're committed, can you really be held against your will? And is that the right thing for you? And, you know, there's just so many areas. And of course, you know, I, I go to prayer and that's that's what I rely on. But, um, um, you know, and maybe that's that's where I need to just stay, you know, mm-hmm. but. But it's a very, you know, when I think about photography and what photography could do to bring light to, you know, a situation like that and even to the niceties and the the humanitarian acts of just saying hi could be really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a daily practice. It's a daily practice, just like how you were talking about that you pray and you feel um, like that helps activate this light in you. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I just try to put myself in other people's shoes a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and be compassionate in that way. And, and if there is someone like, you know, there's another issue that's happening in our local neighborhood in Redwood city where there is a community that's been there for uh, 50 years on this very historic Redwood Creek and um, the city, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that land, but there's, you know, there's some legal stuff happening. 
and it's really affordable housing for a lot of people. There's about 75 boats there, um, over, you know, like a hundred families that live there. Some people were born there. Some people found their spouses there. Um, and that's going to be demolished. It's going to be taken mm. away from our community and, mm. it's, and it's very upsetting. So, um, as a, as a small act, um, you know, these are all unpaid projects. These are projects that I'm doing because I feel a responsibility in my community to do them. Mm. And so I'm going into each one of the floating homes and they're right on the water there. It's called Docktown. Mm. And I'm photographing each family in every home mm. on the water. And I'm going to make a book and it's going to be in the Redwood City Library. Oh, beautiful. Because Love that's, that. the only, that's the only thing I can do. You know mm. what I'm saying? I don't have money. I don't have the resources. I'm not in government. Um, I can't change any laws or anything like that. So the way that I can help is by keeping them, keeping them in history in that way. It's the small thing that I can give back to my community by recognizing that I am so grateful that they're here and mm-hmm. I wish they could stay. Yes. Awesome. Okay. We're going to take a break. Um, but I love, love that project. um, So when we come back, we're going to talk about any events that you have going on in the community, ones that we have. And, and thanks so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Thank you again, Erin, for Mm -hmm. all that you do. And uh, I look forward to working with you. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yes. So uh, we have some events going on in the community, Benita. Yes, we do. And Erin, I I too would like to say thank you so much. It was great meeting you at... um, at the Before. prayer event at um, that Jill had, and it was great. And thank you so much. We have coming up on September 9th, Faith Fellowship will be having their Beauty of a Woman conference, and it will take place at Faith Fellowship at 577 Manor Boulevard. Um, you can call for to register at 510-357-5723. And extension 105 for more information about registration. Once again, 510-357-5723. And Vanessa has a couple of um, speaking engagements coming up. And one of them is on September 9th at Victory Christian Center in San Rafael. That's from 10 to 12. And also on September 22nd. Um, she would be speaking at the 52nd Bay Area Rescue Mission Annual Gala there. So stay tuned for those things this month. Uh, coming up next week, we have our monthly outreach in the South Bay out of Gateway Church. Uh, contact streets at com for more details there. And as well as on the first Sunday, join us with our prayer call to prayer every first Sunday. And for more information on that, contact prayer at loveneverfailsus.com. We'd love to have you. 
And of course, we want to invite you to check out our website, which is loveneverfailsus.com um, and our Facebook page, which is Love Never Fails Inc. Uh, or we have uh, we have so many Facebook. And Abolition Radio. We have Abolition Radio. Facebook page. We have our um, Youth Commission Against Trafficking, YCAT uh, page. Double Portion. Double Portion, our store. And we also could really use your uh, donated uh, business attire. We're opening up a career closet. And so please bring your stuff on down to 22580 Grand Street yes. in Hayward. We're open um, from uh, 12 to 5 is a good drop time. So please do uh, get engaged and let us know uh, how you'd like to be part of the fight against human trafficking. And of course, if you haven't heard it before, we want you to know that you, you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.